0: Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome to the Clock Dodgers Podcast. I am your host, Neil. This is episode, I don't know. I'm not sure. Offhand, I really don't know. I don't know if it really matters, does it? We have a great guest for you today. I hope you guys are having an amazing day. I hope you're seizing a bunch of great opportunities out there. I hope you're making an impact in other people's lives. My guest today is Erin Ashley Simon. Uh, if you're not familiar with Erin, she is senior editor at Cycle. She is co-host of the Grassroots Podcast, and she's also an amazing person—just a really good person to talk to. A fun conversation. We got into a lot of different stuff. Um, you know, she's a she's a I want to say an expert in her craft. You know, and she's really cool and open, and um, gives a lot of great information. It was just it was just a really good conversation, and you guys will see that here in a second. Um, again you guys know the deal. Um, If you're not familiar with her, if you want to look her up and stuff before the episode, that's cool. I like to do that too when I listen to podcasts. So um, if you're a little too lazy with the Google thing, you know, if you're a little too (laughs) late, you can find her stuff, right? It's um, at Erin, E-R-I-N-A, Simon, S-I-M-O-N on Twitter. And I believe it's the same everywhere else. Uh, And then, uh, like I said, the stuff that she does, once you go there, you can find everything that she does on Cycle and grassroots podcast and all that kind of stuff and i i highly recommend all her work it's uh really good stuff really good stuff and she's a she's a a professional at what she does um a lot of class really creative so just really good stuff all around i was really looking forward to this conversation um so i'm glad we i'm glad we knocked it out and i look forward to doing this again um i will catch you guys on the other end of the episode i don't want to hold you up anymore from just getting straight to this conversation let's go with it. Cannot win with him. Cannot go for him. Can't do it. I mean, listen, we're talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. Down Down you are now locked in to the clock Dodgers podcast. Clock. Everyone we are finally making it happen i've been looking forward to this conversation well it hasn't been that long right i mean not that long but i'm happy it's finally happening how are you doing today is everything good on your end
1: i'm good i'm good yeah i'm very excited that we're, we're able to do this i know we've been talking about it for some time
0: yeah i mean i know you're busy i'm busy things just you know didn't always link up but it worked now and so i'm excited about it i first seen you with the uh, grassroots podcast that you do at brandon Then I, of course, you know, doved a little more in seeing the cycle stuff that you do and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just wanted to really have this conversation because I like connecting with people who are creative and tell stories and are are doing this for the culture and the content. Um, So I just really wanted to get into that with you. How how is everything in New York? New York is good over there treating you well?
1: Yeah, 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 everything's good. You know, living in New York, it's not too bad weather wise at my job can't complain
0: you know no for sure <laughs> for sure well I want to set the table for everybody before we get into the you know the the conversation here itself you are senior editor again at cycle. You are co-founder of the Grassroots Podcast with Brandon, and so you just do a bunch of good stuff with creation and storytelling and whatnot. Um, when I created the Cloud Dodgers Podcast, it was to, to grow and build this family of people who in some way uh, were all connected through, you know, whether it be mindset or an interest or even people just looking for entertainment or just, you know, a way to get away from everything. So you, I feel like, fit that mold in a sense because everything in your life is kind of the creative aspect, um, and it's just really a big part of the things that you do do um, at all these places am i correct with that
1: yeah i mean all i mean since i've started when i was 16 years old it was just all about content creation and then as i got older and started you know working the industry more kind of involved to like the creative process but also the business and analytical side so i mean gosh i'm it's about to be almost 10 years since i've been doing all this so it's 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 pretty crazy to say that but yeah i do that for cycle as a senior editor um i work with our team in terms of our new series called inner circle and it's really cool because it's kind of like it was just a concept we started out with and it's been evolving. and we've now we're getting some pretty big people like we had michael DePaul who did big shack um had that personality we had him angela rye uh so many different people and then with grassroots itself That concept was funny enough. It just started as kind of like a conversation that Brandon and I had. Um, We had it at uh, a mini MBA program at Rutgers University, and we were doing a uh, marketing brief on title Mm -hmm. for uh, digital marketing um, course. So came up. We thought of something. We we felt like there was kind of like a void in terms of content. Like everything's just about sensationalism. You know, it's about – super hilarious things and just so far out there but we were like you know where is what, what's that place that's like you know microphone check or those places that are it's more so about the story than you know some crazy things going on so we created that and you know we just kind of went along with it and you know it was good enough for us to get people like Royce 59 five nine and Joe Budden so um we're excited to, to continue forth with that and to build on from that and I like my love for creating content and and everything in that field has also helped me to kind of build like my own individual programs, but also programs like in collaboration with my friend, like my friend, Mike, who works at Google, he created this uh, bootcamp called Creative Strategy Bootcamp. It's like myself, um, his girlfriend works at Facebook. He has some friends from Vox Media. We basically teach students about creative strategy and, and content creation. Um, So you had that boot camp. And then now I'm currently putting together a workshop in terms of like storytelling, short form storytelling. So my passion for content creation has kind of like expanded into so many different avenues, whether it is like my job, which is here at Cycle, um, more of like a uh, personal project with Brandon, and then also just for me to like, kind of help people and give people resources. I mean, I was very fortunate to have Uh, Amazing industry people kind of mentor me and and aid me in terms of this direction of where I am now Right, but I also know that not everyone has that So I kind of like try to develop these courses these programs these workshops along with my friends to kind of give back
0: That's awesome. So let me ask you this Let me kind of I want to kind of start with you and then we'll go to cycle and grassroots kind of a little more each But just you I mean, I'm 31. I don't know how old you are. I'm assuming you're younger than me (laughs) but (laughs) when I was in school, you know things like blogging podcasts yeah. and social media like making a living online and doing these things to me like it didn't really exist like at least I wasn't aware of it right it wasn't like a concept in my mind um, yeah since then like now kids grow up kind of knowing or wanting to do these things straight out the gate and like pretty you know a lot of them have a lot of like, a lot of success already um mm-hmm. were you always looking to be in that creative space too or was that something you kind of fell into or
1: well um it's it's kind of funny you said that because I would say, like, the 16-year-old Erin Simon didn't really think about getting into this industry. <laughs> I mean, she – it's funny. When I, when I first was kind of, like, getting ready to go to college, I was looking more at, like, kinesiology because I have, like, this interesting fascination about – people's movements and even people's thoughts. Like I, I took a psychology course my freshman year and I'm always a- looking and reviewing, analyzing people and their behaviors and so forth. So I thought about going more of that route. Um, but then I created a blog uh, and it kind of like took off, which is surprising. And we were I covered high school basketball and I was able to interview some of the players who are now NBA players now. And that kind of put me on the, the map to the, essentially like get to know people from espn fox sports cbs sports and, and so forth so uh, i kind of fell into this but it's interesting too because it's like i just have a passion for for just creating like i know that sounds like weird cliche and so forth but i just have a passion for creating something whether it's a story when i was a digital slash print journalist and I was a sports writer on point, or creating a video concept, or creating a podcast, and I get such a thrill, like, creating it, analyzing it, looking at analytics, figuring out how to improve, how to build, like, the journey excites me, I think, you know, a lot of times people forget to enjoy the journey, and just want to look at the end success, but I had such a thrill, and I get, like, into a Uh, Adrenaline rush during the journey process and then that's when I kind of realized like I love doing this and I want to do this the rest of my life So i'm very it's it's funny how I went from being like I don't know and kind of fell in my lap And I was also bored when I was young and now it's (laughs) a profession so (laughs) So
0: so before cycle, I mean, I know you said you had the blog and stuff But did you work in this space before cycle then or was that like your first step into this like fully?
1: Oh, no, so um, when I was, so obviously 16, I had that blog, I wasn't making money, but you know, the content that I was putting out, I was getting over a million unique visitors to the website and over a million wow. YouTube videos. So that was like, I was, Oh my God, but I was trash. Like my interviews were trash. <laughs> that's like, impressive it's, though. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. You know, it, it was encouraging. I think that was like my little taste of the industry, you know, the good and the bad, Um, but I had, like I said, I had so many encouraging people, even fans. Like there's people that still remember me from when I was 16, which is really crazy. (laughs) Um, but like, you know, having that experience and then from there, I, you know, I have a passion for sports and music, but I was like, you know, I want to write about sports. My family is big on sports. You know, I played soccer for most of my life. My brother played football. My grandpa played basketball. You know, I I went to the university of Kentucky. I think that says it all right
0: Right, there. Right. Absolutely. Uh,
1: (laughs) And then um, from there, I actually, I interned with Dow Jones, the Wall Street Journal, and I had two internships. One was a think tank with the uh, CEO at the time. And he was really cool about that is myself and a few other students. We helped to create concept and ideas that Dow Jones would use. And they actually there are several uh, ideas that they implemented, like there was a national campaign for like college students to get them to look at the wall street journal more. Mm-hmm. There's an ad that people in our group created um, and they use it, which is really cool. Uh, then from there, I was able to get another internship the following year with um, the sports team there. So I did sports writing there wow. and it was kind of like my first, like really big platform in a sense where, you know, I was able to kind of like really do what I want to do. And on a bigger scale, I did write for a local newspaper in Kentucky as part of my internship. Uh, but the Wall Street Journal is the, the highest circulated publication out there. And I actually had, I believe I had a story that well, at the wall at Lexington. I had a story on the front page. I think one of my stories made the newspaper for the Wall Street Journal too. And it was like massive. I was just like, Holy crap. <laughs> Um, and so from there at the internship, I ended up freelancing with them, full-time freelancing, but the freelancing life kind of sucks because you don't know <laughs> your paychecks are kind of inconsistent. So I was like, right. I need inconsistent money. I live in New York. Like <laughs> <Yeah>. I'm <That's laughs> I last, got killed. <laughs> exactly. Right. So from there, I kind of like took a break and I worked at an engineering architecture firm. And that was boring as heck. I don't like, I don't mind saying in the office, but like not corporate, super corporate like that. Like cycle as some days I sit in the office, but that was just like a whole like crap storm, but it was a learning experience. Everything is. And from there, you know, I made enough money where I can pay for my rent. I can get food, you know, I can freaking buy clothes. And I did a lot of content creation for free. And that helped me to develop relationships with different people. Uh, I met a genius artist relations manager, Rob Markman, who's now a good friend of mine. And it was uh, partly him, but then also partly uh, Revolt TV was interested in a series concept that I worked with my publicist at the time um, to pitch them and see if they're interested in taking it on. And then it just kind of happened by like luck. I mean, part of it is luck and part of it is hard work and, now I got that was like my first real job in terms of the entertainment media industry, uh, but that was also a transitional period where I moved from being a sports writer and more towards like a producer in a sense, which is really what I do here at Cycle. Like mm-hmm. I help to produce the concept uh, for Inner Circle. I'm you know more like a field producer and story producer. But I also do things like research. one pagers I help pitch. I help bring relationships in to bring guests in. Um, so I wear many, many hats and that's the one thing I learned when I got into industry. you kind of like your title is just a title. Like, you have to end up doing so many different things. Um, so that's kind of like the interesting course I took. but I, I, I honestly would have gotten here if it wasn't for a lot of the free work that I did and the relationships that I've built.
0: Yeah, that's, that's super interesting that you say that because a lot of people don't want to do that, right? They don't want to work for free. They feel like if they're working for free, they're kind of selling yeah. themselves short or, or not putting enough value on it. I mean, you have a lot of experience. So for someone of your age in that industry, which is, you know, is not normal, I don't think, which is cool, though. Um for for anyone listening right now who wants to end up, you know, in your shoes in a position mm-hmm. like at a creative company, um like Cycle or or one of those kind of things, what kind of advice do you have for people like that? I mean, is there I mean, I'm sure there's no one path to travel, but I mean, do you have yeah. any specific advice that you feel like is super important?
1: Uh yeah, I would say when you're starting out like it is kind of like what Gary Vee says, like you basically have to eat crap for a while. And in a sense, it's like you got to pay your dues. You're going to have to do things that you may not like to do, but it's going to help increase your resume and increase your value. Like I've done a lot, a lot of work for free, a lot of content for free. I think from when I was 16 to probably when I was 22, a lot of things that I've done in terms of like working with industry – I had to pay out of my pocket to do these things. And I think a lot of times um, people expect things to be handed to them and that's not how it works. You kind of have to prove yourself and show your value before you can even start charging anyone for anything. I mean, now I can charge people like, you know, they're trying to have consultation or want to, you know, anything of that nature, Mm -hmm. you know, now I'm able to charge, but starting out, like I would not do that. And, um, (laughs) it's kind of funny too, it's kind of off track but I I, I hate when, not really hate but I would say more dislike, I dislike when people also when they're coming up kind of like titling themselves certain things like oh the next top creative content creator, the next influencer I always tell people that the, the top people in the industry do not call themselves that mm-hmm. other people call them that. Right. So when you're calling yourself that it's, you're more so focused on the status instead of your work, your work can speak for your, for itself. And I think, you know, I think people also just get too stuck in the, the glamor of the entertainment industry and not realizing there's a lot of crap you have to do that you don't want to do. Like I hate, I hate writing emails, I hate it with a passion, but I do that. I would say a good amount of the day, every single day, checking emails and doing tedious things like jumping on a calls and doing pitches. I don't like doing that. You know, it's not something I find it fun.
0: And answering and answering DMs for me.
1: Yeah. No. <laughs> well, no. Answering, no I mean, <laughs> answering DMs are a little bit different. I I like I like talking to people who I either like what I do or say that I inspire them or just asking for advice. Right. Like I have, I have a, a self another number that I put out on social media for people that want to learn content development. So that's everything from like joining my newsletter where I put out once a week, I kind of explain things like oh, if Instagram makes a change or if Insta story does something unique, there's ways that people can create content and do it in an efficient way, but don't have to spend a whole lot of money. A lot of people think that, Oh, you need a bunch of, um, resources or connection to do things. Like, no, just start doing it and you'll find a way. That's kind of what we did with the podcast. We found a way and we just started and did it. Right. Um so I try to like utilize that to kind of teach them that. Uh anytime there's events in New York if they're around New York, I will invite them to it. Like my friend did a panel um panel series with Sennheiser and a few others and they had industry people talk. I'm like go there, network, you know, communicate, learn you got to kind of take action you can't expect things to be handed to you. So, um, that's, yeah. So that's kind of like, uh, that's a a good amount of advice. I mean, just, I mean, my main thing is like work hard and work smart and just go and do it. Don't expect people to hand you anything because that's just not how life is. And, if you fail, don't take that personal, take it as a lesson and build on from there. Like this, it's not easy, right, you
0: know? Right. For sure. That's great advice. And, and even like you said, you know, people like Gary V, people like yourself, even with the newsletters, like consume as much of that content as you can. Right. I mean, it's super helpful. Um, a lot of free stuff out there people are giving you, you know, they are really helpful. Um, oh, Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's super helpful because like, I mean, I'm even subscribed to your newsletter and I'm not even in New York. I know a lot of like you said, a lot of things sometimes are pertain to, to people in that area to take advantage of. Mm-hmm. But I still just like to consume it and just see what's going on and, you know, try to see what's you know, available to, to me even. Um, I'm curious, though, like and I ask people this a yeah. lot, but what motivates you more? Is it your own ambition and your own goals or is it the people who you feel like kind of doubt that you'll ever achieve those or kind of hate on people's success?
1: be honest i don't really care about the doubters or haters because i just don't care about what they think or have to say i mean people who spend energy and put their focus on saying not so nice things about someone else really just are telling you that they're really doing nothing themselves right and so i don't i don't focus on that i mean if you have more haters it just means that you're doing things right for someone to even pay attention in a negative way i think what motivates me is one my mother My mother has several illnesses and, um, her story, you know, my family that came from Puerto Rico, they, um, went to New York, stayed there in the hood, my mom, and also like, you know, my grandma, my other aunts got out of the hood we stay out of the hood, we in suburban. So now for me, it's like, okay, well, how can I help to take my family to the next level with right. what I'm doing? How can I help support my mom and help support my family, you know, with my mom, with her medical bills and stuff like that. So my family really motivates me because I, I just want to help them in as many ways as possible. And I think like what also motivates me is life is too short. Like life is too short to not try something, to go for something. I think a lot of times people have this perception that like, Oh, we're going to be alive forever. Like, no, you don't know that. You don't know if if it's your time soon or late. Like, you don't know. So that's kind of like my philosophy with a lot of things is, you know what? Why not? Life is too short. I'm just going to go for it. And a lot of times you'd be surprised that things can actually work out in the end because since you realize life is too short, you put all of your energy and time into something and not be so lackadaisical and you actually see some results or if it, if you go down a specific path and it may not be the right path for you You may end up finding another passion that will take you somewhere else to where you love So I think that it's just family and just, you know, life is too short
0: Yeah, no, I, I definitely 100% agree with you and I I always like to ask those questions to people Especially people like, you know in your shoes who are, who are successful at what you're doing because I feel like mm-hmm. we constantly need those reminders, you know um So I want to kind of jump over to Cycle and then to Grassroots a little bit. Um, You you kind of mentioned what you do at Cycle, um, but why Cycle? Like, obviously, you're super talented. You could probably Mm -hmm. go anywhere you wanted to. You have, you know, a lot of people you've networked with. What is it about Cycle that you feel is special?
1: I feel like Cycle is special because there's so much growth and opportunity here. I mean, we just – our team has gotten bigger, but, you know, we're still – it's funny to say, we're still the quote unquote underdogs in a sense. So like, you know, we think of ourselves in the same realm as like a bleacher report or a complex. And the company has only been around for less than two years. So there's so much that we can do and we're capable of doing. And for me, making that switch from Revolt TV to here is like now I'm more in a senior position. So now I'm working with Hire people. I'm working with junior staff. I am kind of having to take more of a leadership role when it comes to certain things. Like inner circle at first was essentially just like three or four of us putting together. So like I had to do things from like booking talent to uh, finding locations to then like coordinating with production, and uh, it was a lot. I mean now we have a great team, so it's a lot smoother and easier, but. Um, I had to take on certain responsibilities that probably if I was somewhere else that's more established, I wouldn't have. Um, that also was kind of like what gravitated me to Revolt because there was opportunity for growth. Um, but also, you know, I had to make a career move for myself because you have to you. You got to you, you got you to gotta figure out what's best for you and kind of build yourself from there. And I felt like Cycle was such a unique place. Because, like I said, they're young. They're making an impact. There's so much opportunity. And the one thing I really like about Cycle is a lot of us are really young. So it's like we, this is a place that we can grow and get older with and don't have to worry about, like, oh, you know, there's older people. We may not have the opportunity <laughs> in terms of growth and right. position. But it's like, no, we do because a lot of us are in our 20s, early 20s, late 20s, maybe early 30s. So um, I like that. And I heard so many good things about the company, too, before I got here. So it was pretty cool that I was able to kind of like come in and like the early part of our original content development.
0: Yeah, I think it's really cool to have that that aspect where I feel like a lot of companies, like you even mentioned earlier with like that corporate America, there's like that feel to it where it just doesn't feel the same, you know? And so, um, Mm -hmm. so I I do notice also like with you guys, um, even on just something as simple as like Instagram, I see your videos like everywhere, you know what I mean? Like people (laughs) reposting them and stuff. And so that's how you know when things are really, you know, really going good when when you start seeing people repost those things everywhere. Um, As far as, you know, content goes, is it sometimes mm-hmm. crazy to you to think about how much, you know, as a culture we consume of this stuff? Like it never oh. stops, right? Like there's just so much. And like, we're so fast yeah. with it. Um, I, I, I imagine like a, a thing for a cycle. Is it, is it kind of a goal to like make stuff that, you know, has an impression or is a more lasting because we kind of consume and push out, consume, push out like really fast today. Mm-hmm. Um, is that something that you guys try to do when you're there is create something that you feel is going to leave an impact?
1: So, I think overall for us, especially like if you followed Cycle earlier, we're all about quality, not necessarily quantity at first. Um, you know, we focus on making sure that it's the best content as possible, that it has the best storyline, and that it's relevant. I think when you focus on that aspect, you focus on quality more so, you'll have a lot more uh, everlasting impact than per se if you're just pushing things out last minute or you keep pushing things out in such a high quantity. You know, the in terms of the content world, some people feel like, yeah, it's oversaturated, but there are so many opportunities for people to shine on different platforms. It's just about, um, you know, having quality work and being revolutionary in a sense when it comes to content, doing things that people aren't doing. Right. Like, for example, when they did, you know, uh, the the karaoke show or like a Uber interview series. Like at first no one was doing it, then someone did it. And then now everyone's kind of like following the trend. I think when you're leading it and you are just uh, displaying content that is of quality and when I say of quality, I mean, obviously like cycle, we have the resources to be, you know, to put the best of the best content out. But like for people who aren't even have that much resource, quality can be everything from the storyline to the consistency in the concept. So like for like our podcast, we only have, we're only able to do like one camera angle shot, but our focus is in like the storytelling, having those people open up to show a different side and, and et cetera. So I think it's like understanding that quality is going to always Trump over quantity, no matter what. And the best quality content is the content that tells the best stories and when you tell the best stories, they will resonate. Whether it is something that is uh, makes you cry and makes you happy, you think it's funny and you want to share, which is you know the video and photo means for cycle. A lot of people share it because they find it funny, hilarious, or it may be something that's like you know strikes a chord in your heart, or you know just anything that just people can resonate with in the story. Right. Um, so that's kind of like you know overall if you look at the content of cycle and what we've been able to really do that's kind of like the focus and then you can even look at um jason's uh the, the head look at his twitter and just sees a lot of things that he says and that and that resonates within the company from from where he is all the way all the way down and everyone does a great job working together yeah. especially on creating the content
0: yeah and, and that's kind of like part of the reason why I wanted you on, on the podcast and, and to talk with you is because from all the different things that I see you doing just from, you know, just from stuff you post on Twitter to things that you, obviously mm-hmm. you're working at cycle, the podcast. I feel like I don't ever get the vibe from you that you're chasing like clicks. Do you know what I mean? I feel like you're looking for impact. You're looking to tell a story always. Like I don't ever feel yeah. like, Oh, you know, for some reason, those kind of things just turn me off. And I'm like, this person's clearly going for the click type of thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? It just yeah. kind of pushes me away. Um, so, so over, over to your podcast really quick, because I don't want to take up too much mm-hmm. of your time. Um, you, you mentioned earlier, you do it with Brandon. Um, many people who are familiar with Joe Budden music know him as Killer BH. Um, <laughs> you, you, you mentioned where you kind of birthed the idea of the podcast. Did you guys know each other before that, though? Or was that where you guys actually met and came to that?
1: That's where we actually met.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. That's pretty yeah. cool. So everything was birthed right there in that, in that moment.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like I tell you, some things just happen by chance. You know, it's just it's just about the timing has to be right, and obviously at that moment it was right. We both were in the same program, res- and we both kind of like you know related in terms of our industry experience, in terms of our passion for music, and just you know, podcast came from it.
0: Yeah, I mean, as far as podcasts, I mean you you yeah. obviously deal with all the different levels of content creation what what do you think makes podcasting so special? like obviously it just kind of keeps getting bigger and more popular um, wh- what do you think it is about that format that works for what you guys are doing and just in general with people Thank that you. makes them connect
1: um well, there's several factors when it comes to podcasting because it's it's kind of like based off of the like there's various different forms of of podcast so, one obviously you kind of have the ones that talk about news those are the personalities people like those personalities because of how their uh opinion on certain things how they respond to certain things sensationalism um, you know podcasts are kind of like the platforms where you can do and say essentially whatever and don't have the restrictions of uh, radio per se um also for people who aren't really being in front of the camera that allows them to kind of express themselves and show themselves so I definitely think it's, like, the, the kind of wow factor that a lot of podcasts have. Um, also, the stories, essentially. So, like, with the podcast, you're able to say a lot more and do a lot more um, then you might be for video. People don't always have all the time to sit down and watch a video, but they do have the opportunity to go onto iTunes or go onto SoundCloud or AudioMac or any of those platforms and listen to a podcast, whether on the train or train ride to work, whether in their car. Um, it's easy. It's easily accessible, and I think it's also something where people can listen to, and it doesn't take that much effort to. Like you could literally I I could go back to my desk and do work, but also listen to a podcast the entire time instead of listening to music. Um, So that's kind of like why podcasts have been able to kind of like be um, a a staple content piece because audio is very easy to digest. We do it every single day. We listen to music. We're always on the go with our headphones in. So podcasts kind of just slip into that, that realm. And that's kind of like why it's able to be really good and, and do really well. Um, another thing, too, is uh, audio is a lot easier to digest long form sometimes than video. I think people sometimes have short-term, uh, att- well, short attention span, right. excuse me. And I think with audio, it's a little bit easier to kind of like take in um, than sitting at your screen and, and watching a video and maybe your eyes strain a bit. Not to say that we can't. I mean, we binge watch Netflix series all the time. I just think that audio, when in a life where we're kind of like on the go, is a lot easier to kind of digest over a period of time when you're partaking in different uh, different activities, more so than video, where it kind of may distract you more. Yeah, so,
0: I totally agree with that.
1: Um, so, so that's kind of like my, my viewpoint in terms of podcasts and it keeps, and it and it's changing and it's becoming different, you know, uh, podcasts, you know, you start with one form, then you can build it out into other ones. Then you can have like the video versions of it while you still have the audio, which is kind of like what we do. And then you can have like more of the, you can, you can implement the blogging side into it. Um, so it, it's, you're able to kind of like, change the forums as much as you can um and it's able to kind of like take on different uh formats in a sense yeah it's really versatile, a bit flexible yeah
0: yeah, for sure. I mean, and, and something like I mean, that I noticed like, OK, with like you guys and your podcast, like you obviously you being at Cycle and also having, you know, the network and everything you've been doing your whole your whole career here. And then mm-hmm. Brandon having his ties, um, you guys are always you always seem to have, you know, obviously this am- amazing set of talented people that you can interview. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And a lot of those people also like, you know, Royce the Five Nine, Joe Buddy and all these guys, Redman, um, they obviously are high-profile people, Um, people have seen them talk and and share their life in many facets. Um, But you guys always seem to find a way to get this unique dialogue going or, you know, unique conversation. Um, Is that really important to you guys as far as, um, you know, getting something that you're not going to find anywhere else as far as making your podcast different?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, no one one wants to do the same thing that everyone else is doing. Like, even at Cycle, we're not trying to do what everyone else is doing. And I think for us, we found kind of like a realm, like, we've realized people like guests from what we've heard do not like podcasts because (laughs) podcasts have a history sometimes of like bashing guests, uh, making it uncomfortable for them and, and et cetera. So that's why for us, we kind of developed this quote unquote safe zone where it's like, we're not going to try and gossip. We're not going to try and, and, you know, bring up beefs. Now, mind you, if you're going to bring up something, you want to talk about something cool, but like, we're not trying to nitpick at that. We're trying to find stories or aspects that you can talk about that you're comfortable talking about, but that is relevant to what our audience wants. So like, you know, with Royce, he talked about everything from dealing with alcoholism to yeah. even like what's going on with slaughterhouse, because a lot of people are wondering what's going on. And he right. provided another perspective with that. Um, and then with Joe, you know, with, him and his mental health stuff and even like getting insights into what's going on with him and his relationship with DJ academics with everyday struggle so it's like we're able to get the information and get things that no one's talking about but it's like we don't have to be sensationalized and we don't have to be dramatic in order to and I think that a lot of people enjoy that about our podcast and that's why we've been able to get some of these bigger people because they understand that it's not like we are coming here we're trying to to nitpick at something or chop and screw what you say. So a lot of times, because they know that and they know it's a safe zone, they open up themselves and talk about things. Or just like, what? Like, what did he just say that? <laughs> like, there've been so many times. Brand and I looked at each other like, oh my god, I can't believe he said that. And yeah. so, and I, and I mean like. Of course, we're going to, and we tell them, like, of course, we're going to have to talk about certain things. Like Royce, we straight up said, like, you know, we're going to ask about the Slaughterhouse album and why is it being on hold? So they know, they understand. But with us, it's like, we're just more, everyone's focused about like, you know, if someone's dropping a project or the gossips or who they're dating, like us is just more so like, who are you as a person? Like, what are your vulnerabilities? What are your insecurities? Like, what? You know, what are you trying to do with the rest of your life? Like all these different aspects that kind of better shape people. And we just felt like there's not really a platform out there that does that. And we understand, of course, that like, yeah, it's not going to always bring us big numbers and we're fine with that. But I think overall, in terms of quality. It's going to make us stand out more because I personally, there's very few, I would say podcasts that are essentially doing what we're doing in terms of like the entertainment space.
0: Right now. Yeah. You guys actually obviously do a really good job with that. And, and the the guests obviously respect you guys a lot to allow you to do that, which says a lot, I think, um, before I before we close this out kind of here, um yeah. is there anything that you feel like you've learned since doing podcasts? Uh, since doing that podcast specifically, do you feel like there's anything you've learned about yourself or from the listeners or from anything that like really like you're like wow like surprised you or anything?
1: Um
0: Or even yeah. just from you know from the interviews and, and talking to these people. Like, you know, is there anything different that you got from that?
1: Yeah, I mean I would I would probably say that like one of the things that people were saying were like, oh, like Brandon and I are we're really dry. And it's kind of interesting because I'm kind of like I, despite what people think, I actually have a lot of personality. Um, I think just for me, I was just so conscious about me being a woman on the podcast and trying to establish the fact that like I'm not just a moderator or I'm not just uh. You know, I'm not just there as, like, the co-host or the extra. Like, I am just as much of a host as Brandon. So I think, like, I was so focused and worried about that that it kind of hid my personality. Um, But, you know, despite what people say, I felt like that was important to me because, unfortunately, like uh, women, we have a little bit of a hard time in the industry because there's certain stereotypes or perceptions of us. Part of it is not our fault. And I hate to say part of it is some people have set that kind of like stereotypical president for us. Right. Um, so for me, I kind of like wanted to show people that I was different, but it's a learning experience. And like for the upcoming episodes, you're going to see a lot more personality. You're going to see, you know, us joking around with the guests a lot more, um i think it's just a learning experience and then on top of that i think one thing we learned about the podcast is like people need you got to listen to you gotta listen to your the, your fans or, or people that watch good and bad so like when people were like oh this is bland this is boring we're like okay well what can we do to make it better i mean overall for the episodes we've had great responses but of course like if we're seeing like you know five to ten people saying like hey this is kind of slow this is kind of boring the guests are kind of dry I don't take it personal. Like right. this is business. So I'm kinda looking at it like, okay, well, how can we make it better? How can how can we make it more interesting? You know? Of course, like I'm not gonna joke around and show a bunch of personality when Joe's talking about when he attempted to Attempted suicide because that's just messed up. Yeah. Yeah. It's not the place for it But it's like, okay, well, what can we do to make it more engaging? What can we do to make it entertaining? So like we started doing things like marty grimes when he talked on his uh, episode about his mother being best friends G easy. We started showing photos of that from his social media. We're gonna be creating segments like we're gonna be creating a segment that allows fans of grassroots to be able to ask our guests questions as part of the segment so i think a lot of times when people go and create things they focus so much on the good stuff and what they think is good for the show or for the content piece itself but i think you also got to listen to the fans whether it's good or bad i mean i've been messaging fans in instagram dm asking them like what do you think what do you think we should do what would you like to see differently what would you not want us to change because uh, at the end of the day like what they think and how they feel is what matters the most because they're going to be the ones that are going to be giving you the clicks and the views and the numbers. <laughs> right. Um, so it's been kind of like a unique learning experience in, in that aspect. And then of course, on the business side, obviously with, you know, working on, uh, okay, well, how can we get this picked up from this blog, this website? You know, how can we relate really build relationships with certain people? How can we, you know, uh, get certain guests? Like we can't always do upcoming people. How do we, how do we find that nice balance? So it's just a process of like, you know, doing, creating, analyzing, reviewing essentially this entire time. So it's been a great, it's been a great experience. And, you know, me, I've been doing, I'm someone who's for most of my career have been, has been doing things behind the scenes a lot. So now it's kind of like I'm out there, I'm in front of the camera And I'll be doing more things like that. Like I've been hosting events. Like I've hosted a do say event before I've moderated panels. Like they may not be big ones, but I've moderated panels. You know, I have a management team. I have a branding team. So like on on my own personal end. And so like, I'll be doing a lot of things that kind of like put me out there. Um, so it's also like a comfort thing too. Right. Cause I'm a very, I mean, you can hear from talking, I'm a very chill and relaxed
0: yeah, person. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> That's not a bad thing <laughs> uh, Oh yeah.
1: Oh no, 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 no. Not at all. And it's not that like I'm an introvert. I'm just someone who is just very relaxed and calm and, and is very observing of my environment and things that go on. I typically like to sit back and view things before I take action or, or do anything and kind of evaluate the situation. Um, but then also don't get it twisted. Like I also have a very energetic side. It just, you just it just has to be the right environment and, and who I'm with.
0: Right. Right. Um, no, for sure. I mean, low key, you're making moves, Aaron. I know.
1: I know. Going on. <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> you know, I'm, i listen, I'm trying. I believe in the philosophy that like life is about growing. And if you are growing, then are you truly living it? You know, you right. could, you could literally live life without living in the sense where you can go through life. And do the same routine thing, and and just do things a certain way, and it doesn't bring you energy. It doesn't give you meaningful experiences. It doesn't give you, you know, uh, it doesn't uplift you. And right. I just think that, like, if you have a life like that, then it's like, then what's then? Are you really living? Yeah. Are you really point? growing? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I. I Yeah. I mean, I guess that's kind of it. Like, what's the point, but the, you know, the point of life is to live it and it's good to be alive, but it's just like, don't, don't waste it. Just don't waste your time on this earth. Just, just being here, actually go and do something.
0: Yeah. I mean, and and, and I can only speak for myself. I'm sure I'm not the only one that thinks this way, but I, I respect everything you're doing. I think it's a lot of great stuff and I only expect to see it keep growing and getting better. Um, for, for those listening, that, that aren't doing it yet or don't know where to find you, can you tell them kind of where to follow you or how to get the podcast and all those kind of things?
1: Yeah, yeah, no problem at all. So for me personally, pretty much all my social media platforms is Aaron A. Simon, the A's for my middle name, Aaron Ashley Simon. I had to go by my full name because Aaron Simon is such a generic name that there's so <laughs> many people that have that name. So that's why I did my whole name. So it's Aaron E-R-I-N, the letter A, and then S-I-M as in mother, O-N as in Nancy. Um, then, you know, in terms of cycle, you can find us at uh, cycle on Twitter and then on Instagram, Cycle. And then for Grassroots, you can find us on Instagram. It's Grassroots Podcast. Roots is spelled like route. So it's G-R-A-S-S-R-O-U-T-E-S Podcast. And then our Twitter is grassroots pod p o d so that's where you can find me or find all the content that you know i may have some involvement with in my life you know
0: <laughs> absolutely and the podcast you can find itunes anywhere Um, which I highly recommend them do. And you might just have your middle name everywhere because you just love the name Ashley. It could be it, you know?
1: Well, fun (laughs) fact, when I was 16 years old, my mom did, from 16 to 18, because I was a kid, I was a minor, my mom didn't want me to use my last name because she didn't want people searching, like, creepers finding me. Smart. So, from 16 to 18 in the industry, I went as Aaron Ashley. Wow. And then, when I became 18, I was like, oh, by the way, my last name's actually Simon. (laughs) And then, like, So there's even times where people call me Ashley or Aaron Ashley just because they're so used to the fact that that was what I went by. So like, I didn't have people trying to look up a minor <laughs> when they <Right>.
0: Googled. So. <laughs> well, it rolls out the tongue. Well, it sounds good. Aaron Ashley Simon. So it's all good. Um, before you go, though, <laughs> I do um, yes. I, I, I do ask sometimes, a lot of times, for guests to like kind of like, leave us with a thought. But I wanted to try something new. Um, okay. Uh, I feel like you know sharing information and advice and products and artistic creations, whether it's music or mm-hmm. whatever, um, is super beneficial, right? To help us all connect and to show love yeah. to others and just real good vibe. All around, um, you're obviously like you said super in tune with sports and music. So I'm sure there's you know hundreds of things you could share. But if you could just give one recommendation right now to the Clout Dodgers listening, what would you tell them to go check out?
1: Uh, in terms of like what content, anything, or... yeah,
0: music, anything at all. I mean, it could literally be anything you want. Obviously your stuff, but besides your stuff, what else? You know, whether it's a new album that just got dropped, whether some artist you like, anything. I mean, literally anything.
1: Ew a netflix
0: documentary anything (laughs)
1: This this is really really good um hmm let me think a little bit about it uh okay so i have one this is for my avid book readers because i love to read i was always that kid that asked for like 20 books like for my birthday, my mom would be like, "What do you want?" I was like, "Barnes and Noble's gift card," and I would go and literally buy 20 books and end up reading like 10 of them in like two weeks.
0: Wow, I bet your um, mom loved that.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah, I still love reading. I mean, I don't have as much time, but now I've been I've been putting my books on my phone so I can still read now and then. Right. Um, but there's this really great book. It's called Creativity Inc. and it was you know New York Times bestseller, all that great stuff. But it tells the story of Uh, the co-founder of Pixar Animation Studios. And essentially, like, it it talks about how Pixar was made, how they did little things or changes to kind of increase the creativity within the company. Like, for example, uh, I think there was one section where they did things like, um, instead of having, like, a rectangle conference desk they did a circle one because when you do a rectangle one it creates this kind of hierarchy where it's like the person at the end of table is like the head person and then if you're far away your ideas aren't going to be heard but if you have a circle table or a table that's a little more that shape it it, it creates a kind of like environment people feel like they're all equals in terms of their concepts and ideas and it's it's really good like it it also kind of teaches you how to be a manager in a sense when you're in a very creative space. So like that book honestly was really great. I'm actually probably going to end up reading that book again. I like reading books like that over and over again, because sometimes like throughout my career, when you read books like that, you're like, you get a different, uh, uh, perception about certain things they say so like now i'm in a more senior position i read that book when i was more of a junior staff so now because i'm more in a senior position i want to read that and see like oh wow like i understand that more etc so i that yeah so that book is amazing and it's crazy because they also tell you like he talks about the times where like they were making toy story and stuff like that and i freaking love pixar movies like i this is another fun fact. I actually wanted to work for Pixar when I was younger. I was considering going to, to do like animation and stuff like that, but obviously I did not do that. That's um, cool too. Yeah, that's always yeah. cool. So
0: we got some fun facts from right Aaron here, man. Uh yes.
1: <laughs> I'm honestly I'm filled with fun facts because I'm a private person. So I usually don't even open up about certain things. Not because I don't want to. I just think that having a private life is a little bit uh easier sometimes yeah
0: it definitely is (laughs) well listen i mean that's a great recommendation i definitely will check it out and i of course i appreciate you for giving you know giving me your time aaron i know you're working everything so it means a lot um i look forward to all the you know all the dope content you create and everything and i I highly suggest everybody you know to subscribe and follow and do all those things that they need to do for you um i i just can't thank you enough and i appreciate it hopefully you know you can come back on again sometime and we'll kind of update and see where you're at
1: yeah, no problem. And thank you so much for having me on. Keep doing what you're doing. I love it. And uh, I'm definitely gonna help get Killer Beach on here. Maybe drop a skit on here or something. I was
0: gonna say that'd be dope.
1: <laughs> I'll definitely talk to him.
0: All right, I appreciate it. You have a good uh, Have a good rest of your day and have a good weekend, Aaron.
1: Thank you. You too. Thank
0: you. See you later. Bye. Guys, before I let you go, again, really quick shout out to Erin. I, I can't thank her enough for coming on. I really appreciate it. Um, if you could tell in her conversation with me, um, she's super, you know, open and uh, translucent, and um, you know, she's just got a great story. She puts out great work. She works with great people. There's a lot of good content. Her and Brandon kill it on the podcast. Um, so again, um, it's kind of it's the cloud dodger way. If you guys can support you know, the guests, I always ask that you guys do that. So one more time at Aaron, a Simon, it's just how it sounds. E R I N a Simon, S I M O N. And of course subscribe to their grassroots podcast. uh, support cycles content. I recommend you follow them on Instagram. Definitely where they put out a lot of good, uh, these good videos, man. They got, even if you, it depends on what you're into. If you're into sports and music, like they put together these, these quick story, like um, Instagram videos and stuff, really good stuff. So, um, check them out. I hope that our conversation helped you guys as far as motivation, uh, creation, uh, just kind of giving you some tips and tricks from Aaron on, uh, how to proceed. And, and, and don't forget, you know, everything I do here at clock Divers, I try to make it so that it's versatile. So just because she does creative type work doesn't mean that it has to be applied that way um, because a lot of the tips and stuff and these conversations that we have with these guests, they can be used across the board. So um, again, shout out to Erin. Thank you for coming on. I look forward to uh, to talking with her more in the future and maybe Brandon. We'll see if she can hook that up. <laughs> Other than that, guys, uh, you know the deal. Please, uh, if you're not already subscribed, if this is your first time listening, you're just listening because Erin was on the show. Hey, I great, I, I greatly appreciate it. Okay. But if you can, if you can subscribe, it's even more, it's even better because these, these kind of episodes keep coming. We got great guests like her all the time on the show. Um, so if you could subscribe on whatever uh, podcast platform you're, you're using, I would greatly appreciate it. Um, if anyone has the time to, to leave a review, uh, we got a bunch of great reviews on there and they're super helpful to get new listeners. So now uh, if you can leave a review, sweet. If not, I get it. We're all busy. I get it. I get it. Don't forget at Clock Dodgers, it's literally everywhere Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, whatever app you're using. It's pretty much on there. If we're not on there and you think we should be on there, just drop me a line, you know, clockdodgers at gmail.com. You can send me an email. Any feedback, um, requests, questions. If you guys ever have any uh, follow up questions for guests or anything like that, feel free to email me or, or contact me on social media or even just contact them directly. The one thing I can say for I think every guest that's ever been on here um, is they're super receptive and, you know, interactive and open to, you know, talking to people. So don't ever, you know, be shy. Just hit them up. Let them know you heard them on the Cloud Dodgers podcast. You enjoyed it. And maybe you have some further questions or whatever. Um, So, again, shout out to everybody. I love you guys. I love the way the Cloud Dodger family just continues to grow. Uh, I love hearing from you guys. I hope you guys are having a positive, constructive day. I'll catch you on the next one. As always, be kind, be great. Keep dodging.
1: Visit ClockDodgers.com for more unique content. Connect with us now by following at ClockDodgers on Twitter, Instagram, and Periscope. For the one standing guard. For the eagle-eyed. For the knights in shining armor. And for all those who support them. We are Granger, your experienced safety partner. Offering supplies and solutions for every industry committed to helping keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call slash safety or just stop by Granger For the ones who get it done.